Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Hill 70 Quantock Ranch, where the horse to ride for your next bull purchase. 6th of February of 2021. Agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Today we have our usual Friday look at what's happening with grain markets. Wheat jumped 29 cents a bushel. Canola is up $19 a ton for the week. We talk with the chair of Sask Wheat, who discusses this week's annual meeting online. Real Agriculture takes a look at the code of practice being developed for grain farmers called Responsible Grain. We have a pulse crop outlook from this week's CropSphere online conference. And there's a feature interview with the new chair of Sask Canola. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. Grain prices have taken a major jump this week. Commodity Futures Advisor with PI Financial in Regina, Adam Pacallo, says canola is up $19 a ton this week, and spring wheat has jumped $0.29 cents a bushel since Monday. Well, Jim, starting off on the canola front, uh, canola actually is positive by about $19 a ton here this week, even with actually today canola moving down about uh, $5 here right now mid-morning. On the wheat front, uh, kind of like we spoke about last week, that it seemed like the trend was starting to change more positive and it seemed that that is the case here. A Minneapolis wheat positive on the week so far by about 29 cents a bushel. Uh, today we're down about three cents. Uh, I would say wheat markets are holding in fairly steady here with uh, beans down 12 and corn down three. Uh, Canadian dollar, a decent move here as well today too. Uh, down about three quarters of a cent here today with the uh, the U.S. dollar kind of spiking. So what was pushing up canola and wheat prices so much this week? That's quite a jump. That is quite a jump. There was a, a positive USDA report uh, that came out this week, and it on a few different numbers came out actually a little bit better than expected. Uh, kind of starting off on kind of the soy side of the markets, that was less as well. Same with the corn. Um, and then winter wheat, uh, the plantings were actually a little bit more than expected, but there were some kind of reduced ending numbers as well too. So kind of positive on the wheat front. But one thing I am kind of watching here is the soy markets quite closely because it, it does seem that, you know, we could be out of a bit of a, a short-term top here. Uh, palm oil futures actually fell uh, nearly 11% this week. 
week uh, with some decent kind of shorter term um, kind of rains, which might be getting uh, kind of traders a little bit kind of un, kind of nervous here. Um, again, longer term trends are still up on corn and beans, but the market looks a little vulnerable to kind of short term technical corrections on the soy side. And again, that would most likely spill over onto the canola side somewhat possibly. Yeah, can you expand a little bit more on that for me? What is the outlook for next week and beyond? Well, next week, one thing I'm going to definitely be watching on the wheat front is the combination of you know very high export taxes from Russia, stronger than expected demand from China, and you know much kind of colder weather heading into the U.S. plains for the second half of this month are all factors contributing to this surge um, kind of in wheat contracts here uh, this week. And that's, you know, definitely a trend to watch. You know, I believe that it could keep continuing, but I definitely want to keep a close eye on that because, you know, any one of those factors can change on a, on a daily basis. So again, next week, looking for trends to be still remaining positive on wheat. Um, and then for canola, again, watch kind of how the soy markets affect things here because uh, I believe, you know, producers are starting to look at these prices and consider, you know, protecting for next year's crop. Right now, you can protect kind of at the at the market on the November futures for, you know, about 40 cents uh, a bushel, depending on kind of the, the levels that you buy puts at for option strategies. So I think that's garnering a little bit more attention here now that the rallies we've seen. Adam Picallo is a Commodity Futures Advisor with PI Financial. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. Two resolutions were passed at multiple Crop Development Commission annual meetings this week. One covered carbon pricing and recognition of the amount of CO2 sequestered in the soil with modern farming practices. The second resolution calls for the establishment of an export sales reporting program. The chair of the Saskatchewan Wheat Development Commission, Brett Halstead of Nokomis, says the online meeting was successful. Yeah, on Tuesday all the crop commissions had their um, annual meetings. Um, they were taped and simulcast across the internet or on phone to those members and ag industry participants that were willing to listen in and participate. They went pretty good. The day started and had uh, market um, presentations on canola and wheat and some other market presentations later in the day. But the AGM, you know, considering it was online and I think from what I've heard, uh, it went pretty good and uh, we had a pretty good number of people participating. Don't know exactly how many, but I know it was north of 200. For an internet event, that sounds pretty good. That's a lot of people getting involved. Yeah, no, and we had some resolutions come out of it, which was good to get some discussion going and good positive resolutions that encourage uh, Sasquatch to work with other commissions on reporting of export sales and getting farmers more information to hopefully help them make better marketing decisions and rewarding um, farmers for the work they're doing in sequestering carbon and the the good work they're putting into you know, the, the climate change discussion. That's a big issue right now, the greenhouse gases and rewarding farmers for farming practices that reduce the greenhouse gases. The federal government has said they're going to increase the carbon tax to $170 a metric ton by 2030. Uh, your thoughts on that? Well, you know, it, it makes us, gets us into an awful uncompetitive situation. There's no way a farmer can pass that cost on. 
Yeah, what we're doing direct seeding and with modern agriculture, it, it's actually helping that situation. So it's true, farmers don't pay for the fuel they use on farm. They don't pay the carbon tax on that. That part's exempt. But everything that we bring in or take out of our farm, from the fertilizer that comes or the, the farm chemicals that come to the dealership to the railway hauling our, our grain to the West Coast, it's all got a carbon tax on it. And there's no way that we can recoup any of that. So that the belief is and the thought is, and we tend to agree with this, is that farmers need rewarded for what they're doing to help in the greenhouse gas situation. And that is the direct seeding and the modern agriculture that we're doing and the reduction in fuel as compared to what we used to use years ago. Did you hear from any producers about what their intentions are for spring seeding? The only thing I could say again is I feel. Just think with wheat not taking the same market jump that canola, oats, barley, and pulses have, that we could be down a little bit, and it's more so lost acres to oats and barley, pulses or canola. You think, because wheat has, you know, lately taken off a little bit. It hasn't taken off like barley has. Barley's gone from 4 to $6. Wheat's kind of gone from like 650 to 750 so percentage-wise, it's much slower, you know, unless there's a real rally soon. That's just my thought. Brent Halstead farms at Nokomis and is chair of the Saskatchewan Wheat Development Commission. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. Sean Haney here with realagriculture.com and Real Ag Radio on Rural Radio 147. My guest is Tyler Bjornsson. He's Executive Vice President at Canada Grains Council. We're starting to hear a lot, and the consultations are underway for responsible grain. It is the code of practice for the grain industry in the country. What is the purpose of this initiative? Well, uh, Sean, what I'm hoping to do here this morning is share a little bit about what this is uh, and and also what it isn't, given a lot of the traffic I've seen uh, on social media and elsewhere. And I I think maybe to answer your question, I need to start with uh, a few comments. The first is that public perception, um, I think most people realize, is driving responses from uh, retailers, food companies, and frankly, governments on environment and sustainability. We're seeing uh, uh, families that, that live in suburban Canada, little alone high-value marketplaces like uh, Tokyo, New York, LA, London, and, and elsewhere, they really uh, want to have information about where their food is coming from. That, that demand from consumers is real, and the, the conversation about how do we respond to public perception and public trust has been sort of in our minds for quite a number of years. And I think where we landed was in, in the absence of uh, having a, a made in Canada um, set of best practices without having a farmer led initiative, what we're going to see is those same retailers, food companies, and perhaps governments impose 
their own standards uh, upon us, which in, in my view won't always consider uh, farmers' needs. And so the development of the code um, in, in our view, is going to reduce the possibility that we're going to see multiple and and probably overly rigid schemes being imposed on on farmers by others. So, in my view, uh, the code of practice is about um, uh, building uh, sensitivity. Of all these other expectations that we know are going to be coming at us. So are there enough farmers involved? Because one, one of the one of the criticisms here is that, you know, this isn't farmer led. This isn't, you know, farmers creating and writing this. This is being something this draft is being pushed upon them, even though there are consultations and some even saying, hey, I don't really think this is a serious consultation at all. What do you, what do you say to that? No, I think nothing could be further from the truth. It's very much a serious consultation. And um, we were very. Uh, I, I think um, from from the outset, uh, focused on making sure that we had strong farmer voices on the the, uh, the the development committee of this. And frankly, the consultation itself, we want to hear from as many farmers as possible. You mentioned some of the purchases of Canadian products potentially pushing their own codes or systems onto farmers that may not be that friendly and this would maybe counteract some of that i've, I've seen some farmers and I've, I've had some phone calls from some of the audience say okay listen if, if if grain companies or some end user in tokyo wants us to do these things they need to pay us for them there needs to be some sort of a premium <laughs> i i feel like uh canada is four or five plus years uh behind uh, on developing uh, marketing tools and a response to uh, questions from consumers around the world on, on sustainable practices in Canada. This isn't about creating um, a premium product from Canada. This is about making us competitive with the rest of the pack. There are many folks out there from various origins that already have um, very detailed uh, best management practices that they've got uh, in place that's giving them a competitive advantage in the bulk marketplace in a number of markets around the world. And I'll use U.S. soybeans as a great example of that. They've, they've been able to have a very similar approach where they've got a blanket approach across all soybean growers in the U.S. explaining the sustainable production practices. And that's granted them uh, full access to places like the European Union and the feed market there that that we really struggled to, to get into and we were behind the eight ball on. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. Today, partly cloudy sky. Fog patches dissipating this afternoon. Winds up to 15 kilometers per hour. The high today, minus 3. 30% chance of flurries late this evening, clearing before morning. The low, minus 9. Wind chill, minus 13 this evening and minus 18 overnight. Saturday, mainly sunny. Wind northwest, 40 gusting to 60 tomorrow. The high, minus 1. The low, minus 10. Sunday, increasing cloudiness. The high, minus 3. Periods of snow at night Sunday. The low, minus 5. 
Monday, periods of snow again, with a high of minus 4, the low minus 10. Tuesday, partly cloudy, the high minus 2, the low minus 10. Wednesday, partly cloudy, the high minus 4, the low minus 12. Thursday, partly cloudy, the high minus 8. Normal high for this date, minus 11. The normal low, minus 23 degrees. The sun rose at 8.53 this morning. It sets at 5.23 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot, Maple Creek at zero. The cold spot up North Island Falls at minus 18. Estevan, minus 7. Saskatoon, minus 12. Swift Current, minus 5. Weyburn and Yorkton, both minus 8. In Regina, with freezing fog, it's minus 9. That's... 16 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the southwest at 13. Humidity is 92%. The barometer falling 102.6. Partly cloudy. Moose Jaw minus 8. Winds are from the south, southeast at 5. Once again, Regina, freezing fog and minus 9. That's 16 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. Hey everybody, it's Ted Creech here from Hill 70 Quantock Ranch of Lloydminster, Alberta. On the 6th of February of 2021, I'd like to invite everybody to our 51st annual Barn Burner Bull Sale starting at 12 noon. Now we'll sell approximately 400 bulls consisting of red and black Angus, horn and pulled Herefords, red and black Sim Angus, Charlay and red Balancer bulls, plus 100 bred and open commercial females to round out the day. Now don't be afraid to get in touch with us. Either call myself, Connor or Bill at 1-800-665-7253. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM News Director, Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougall Auctioneers. McDougallAuctions.com And brought to you by Pattison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems expect the best. A very strong start to lentil exports in the 2020-21 crop year has begun to fade in the winter months. Even so, Canadian lentil exports were 52% ahead of last year's pace at more than 1 million tons to the end of November. Marlena Borsch with Mercantile Consulting Venture provided the lentil outlook at CropSphere this week. She's projecting 2.6 million tons of exports in the current crop year, but adds forecasts are difficult for lentils. The swings are indeed quite radical, and some of them are induced um, by some policy decisions in the buying country. So I would say that post-W environment, the world trade environment, has become difficult and that political decisions are becoming more prevalent, um, which have nothing to do with, with the market itself uh, directly. India reduced lentil tariffs during short periods this past year, and that encouraged some unexpected sales. However, that may not be the case in the upcoming year. Their lentil seeded area in the rayback crop has increased by about 4%, and they project 1.6 million tons compared to 1.2 million tons last year. That would indicate that their imports are actually going to slow. And also looking at some of the political events, some of the farmer unrest against some of the uh, marketing changes they're implementing in India does not look to me like a political climate um, that would make imports easier of lentils or would change some of their import regimen that they have at the moment. So I could actually say that even though I have a smaller number than last year, that number could still be somewhat overestimated. Four countries, India, Turkey, Bangladesh, and United Arab Emirates account for nearly two-thirds of Canadian lentil exports. 
Borscht also has the 2020 breakdown for red and green lentils, starting with the reds. Red lentil production has increased this year fairly substantially when we look at both Canada and Australia. There were also some small increases in Turkey and potentially in India, but still an 11% stock use ratio is definitely not terrible. But looking at prices, the one question you might want to ask yourself as well, seeing that we have seen fairly high price levels, what would drive red lentil prices up? And I would say unless we do see some changes in India, we might have seen the highs on the red lentils earlier and will kind of coast for the remainder of the year. And here's the recap for old crop green lentils. A lot of buyers are covered into March, April, partly because also there was some pressure on prices with a stronger Canadian dollar and higher container freight. As I mentioned earlier, we are seeing some activity from North Africa. So, uh, you know, all combined, I would say that uh, price movement should be mostly sideways on the current crop, ongoing crop, uh, green lentil side. We will have to maintain decent prices to attract enough acres for the 2021 seeding season vis-a-vis strengthening canola and, and wheat values. Looking ahead to the 2021 crop, Borsch runs through some of the contract prices currently being offered. We have seen 28 cents for large grain lentils for septognophtis, um, with uh, 24 cents for number twos, 26 cents for greens, and 25 cents um, for red lentils. And I must say, I was actually pleasantly surprised at the 25 red lentil level. I know there were some 23 cent levels out earlier. These are actually quite decent prices, but I would actually wait with booking them to see how we are doing the jockeying for acres. So the question that I have, are these enough compared to canola and wheat now that we have received another shot on the arm um, with the USDA report? And these were Borsch's concluding thoughts for the new crop year. It's not very often that we see a whole range of commodities uh, cover full costs and and a nice, uh, potentially a nice return. Uh, Obviously, it will depend on on your yield capabilities and so on. Um, And I can say that green lentils, um, canola uh, certainly looks very good given the yield assumptions. So as we alluded to earlier, some of these prices right now um, are still very much variable. We will have to look out for canola, um, though I, I do think from a rotation point of view, um, you know, there might be some restrictions. And we will have to look out for wheat um, because wheat, I think wheat values have more potential going into the spring to move yet. Marlena Borsch provided the lentil outlook during CropSphere this week. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. The board of directors for SAS Canola has elected a new chair. Bernie McLean of Glassland takes over from Wayne Truman, whose term expired on Tuesday. McLean says he's looking forward to the challenge. He says he has some big shoes to fill. Yeah, Wayne's a great guy. He uh, There's probably nobody... Uh, uh, Nobody kinder and better when it comes to uh, uh, consideration of, uh, of the agriculture sector here in Saskatchewan, for sure. McLean is also chair of the Canadian Canola Growers Association. Yeah, it'll be busy. I, uh, I actually I'll term out as chair at the Canadian Canola Growers Association at the end of February. So 
Uh, I likely wouldn't have considered this uh, South Canola position if uh, if I was going to be doing double duty. So, so no, it uh, uh, be of South Canola moving forward and a director with the Canadian Canola Growers Association. McLean sees several issues for canola farmers this year. Uh, well, I mean, uh, agriculture is an evolving business and, and things never seem to stop. Uh, you know, COVID-19 is, has obviously limited our abilities to, to fund research uh, properly, or I shouldn't say fund it properly, but it's actually inhibited some of the research that uh, South Canola has invested in. Uh, so obviously, number one, as being a research-focused organization, uh, we need to make sure that research is still happening. So, so that'll be uh, definitely something that we're paying attention to moving forward here. Uh, we also focus on market development and advocacy and, uh, and then work with our national organizations on, uh, you know, lots of the issues that are, that are out there, public trust, uh, the carbon tax issue and, you know, being recognized for the, the ability to sequester carbon like we do here in Saskatchewan. Uh, the Grain Act review is coming up and uh, so looking forward to uh, continue to work with those organizations on, uh, on those topics as well. Earlier this week, it was announced that Clubroot is spreading in Saskatchewan canola fields, and he expressed some concern. Absolutely, and that actually speaks to the uh, research comments here a little bit ago. Uh, you know, that work needs to continue. Uh, unfortunately, even even in the face of uh, COVID-19, some of these crop diseases, they uh, they don't stop just because uh, it's difficult to do the research. So so we need, a, we need that focus to continue. Other newly elected leadership positions include Lane Stock Brugger of Engelfeld as vice chair and Charlene Bradley of Stranraer as chair of the Audit and Finance Committee. Bernie McLean of Glasslin is the new chair of SAS Canola. There's more optimism in the alfalfa seed industry. Speaking during the Sask Alfalfa Seed Producers Annual Meeting this week, David McGregor with Imperial Seed says the prairies produced its largest crop ever in 2017 at 59 million pounds. That's when prices took a nosedive. Since that time, production has dropped with only 22.5 million pounds of seed produced in 2020. McGregor says there is light at the end of the tunnel. We saw some good pricing here on the certified and, and common side of things, which is great. North American consumption is around 35 to 40 million pounds. We've seen that large reduction in acres. We're way, way down, which sped up the process of climbing out of that low. McGregor expects there to be a solid price and manageable acres over the next few years. The University of Saskatchewan says the savory dish hummus has gained popularity as cattle feed. Hummus used to be an exotic spread in the Middle East, but is now a staple in grocery stores around the world. As chickpea production increases around the world, the crops not suitable for human consumption are being recycled into cattle feed as a partial replacement for soybean meal and cereal grain. University of Saskatchewan professor Dr. P. Quing Yu says research centers on determining which chickpea varieties have the highest nutritional value and best serve as a feed for beef and dairy cattle. Researchers say the Canadian light source synchrotron in Saskatoon is a key component in the research work to determine use and digestibility when chickpeas are used in animal feed. In the future, the team will look at different chickpea processing techniques like dry heating, moist heating, and microwave irradiation affect the nutrient components. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Scott Bjornson of Hall as Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1-800-284-9999. 
and Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. Viterra prices were mixed in early trading. Canola fell two dollars at six forty six sixty seven. Number one red spring wheat rose five twenty five at two seventy five sixty six. The rest were unchanged. Durham two ninety nine forty six. Feed barley two thirty four seventy. Flax seven twenty nine thirty seven. Lentils five seventy two fifty. Oats two twenty nine fifty three. Yellow peas three forty eight eighty nine. Feed wheat one eighty three seventy two. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, March red spring wheat was up a quarter cent at 6.40 and three quarter cents a bushel. It's the Livestock Reports on The Source, 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. And now, the latest quotes. This is Grant Barnett with the Market Report. Heartland Livestock here in Moosha. 250 on offer at our Thursday regular sale of mostly cows and bulls. Cow market list barely the same as before New Year's. 1,000 expected for our Tuesday, January 19th pre-sorted yearling sale. These good cows, 65 to 73. Sales to 76 bucks on them high, high-end cows. Medium Cows, 59 to 64. The good bulls are trading 90 to $1.05. Let's have a great afternoon. And the latest Saskatchewan pork prices, 153.41 per CKG, both brand and moose job plants. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report. Wall Street stock markets are in the red on reports showing the pandemic is deepening the hole the American economy is in. Stocks have been slowly receding since the Standard & Poor's 500 set a record high a week ago on optimism that COVID-19 vaccines and more stimulus from Washington will bring an economic recovery. Markets are also being dragged lower by this morning's December retail sales report in the U.S., which showed sales dropped a much bigger than expected 0.7% last month. Harvest Meats is recalling its Polish sausages sold in 675-gram packages with the best-before date of March 15th. It says undercooking may make them unsafe to eat, and the product should be thrown out or returned to stores. The recall affects customers in B.C., Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, the Northwest Territories, and Ontario. On the markets, Canada's main stock index was down in late morning trading as the energy and metals and mining sectors pulled back amid a drop in prices for oil and gold. The TSX Composite Index was down 74 points at 17,883. In New York, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was down 178 points at 30,813. The Canadian dollar traded at 78.48 cents U.S. compared with 79.03 cents Thursday. The March crude oil contract was down a dollar. 67 at 51.95 per barrel. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the on-demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast, brought to you by Hill 70 Quantuck Ranch, the place to be for your next bull purchase. Mark the right date, February 6th, 2021. Call 1-800-665-7253 anytime, any day. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything egg. 620 CKRM. Hill 70 Quantock Ranch, where quality comes in quantity on the 6th of February of 2021.
Be welcome to join us for our annual bull sale.